0: Podcast at Ground Zero is presented to you by the Apocalypse. Because without the Apocalypse we wouldn't be doing this show.
1: friends of the apocalypse this is podcast at round zero you're home for the apocalypse for the return episode well i guess it's a return we've been gone for a while episode 83 off topic number six i am the apocalypse nerd and he is adam bomb glancy welcome to the good. wasteland
0: good evening folks
1: all right folks uh you know uh we're recording again. I know we haven't been here for quite some time, and I'm not gonna apologize, but I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> it's just even even though you should. You you should you absolutely should. We are simply too proud for that shit. You guys you guys just owe us. That's all there is. You should just be goddamn grateful we're back.
1: That's right. You know, and but you know what? It's not like it's not like I'm making we're not making any money off this. This isn't our day job, you know uh you know the last year you know i'm not going to get into it because i try to stay neutral on shit um for the most part but you know it's been a tough year and i just have not been feeling it okay so that's not, really not kind been
0: of... feeling the apocalypse Not no feeling
1: yeah, yeah i mean a lot of people say it's not an apocalypse but you know it's kind of like an apocalypse and i haven't felt like apocalypse so i've actually kind of Gone back to my roots, and I've been doing a lot of fantasy stuff. You know, I've been reading a lot of fantasy. You know, sword and sorcery. You know, Dragonlance, fantasy. I've been totally absorbed in fantasy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this last year or so, because um, I kind of missed that too. So, uh, so that's what's been you know going on. It's like eh, you know, you do it. For, but we also been doing it for a long time, and you know, just uh, I'm kind of one of these people that. I kind of get, you know, I get bored with shit, even though I do it all the time. So, and,
0: I, I, and we were feeling like we were getting a little stale, but we've had some time out to rejuvenate, to, uh, to, to, to slap on some stem packs, to uh, guzzle some rat away, you know. So we're feeling a little bit more engaged, a little more back in it, right? Yep.
1: Yeah, because uh, Scott and I have been having a lot of conversations lately, and it's like, dude, why are we, we should be talking, we should be recording this, you know, so. Yeah, these are all episodes that are going right in the, right in the bin. Right, right in binning early episodes. So, uh, so that's what really kind of prompted us. We kept on having these conversations, and it's like, we should be recording this, we should be recording this, so that told me that, you know what, we're ready to, we were ready to start again, so, all right, so, so we're back, and, um, and also part of it, too, is I had to update the, the blog site to a a more updated version of WordPress and I had to make sure everything worked and I had to make sure the storage of the episodes so it could go to the, you know, the pod feeds and blah, blah, blah. I had to make sure all that had work and upgrade it and shit like that. So everything was working. And, um, and to address something too, is like, as you'll see, you know, if you're listening to this, you're listening to this. A lot of people, you know, listen to it on the, on the webpage, iTunes, whatever their pod, you know, pod feeder of choice is. And some people like watch it, listen to it on YouTube. I I don't understand that um, because I just, I'll just leave it at that. But yes, we used to do videos, but it was kind of out of necessity uh, because that's just the way the tools worked. But now we've got some tools just to do audio like I wanted to do in the first place. So if you weren't already kind of aware of this, there'll be no videos in the future. Maybe for the, maybe if I do some transmissions from the bunkers, I might do some that crazy, uh, you know, retro looking video, but for gender, there's gonna be no more video podcasts because I just don't want to be on camera and I want it to be audio, but I'll still going to post the audio to YouTube with just a static image or I found this really cool tool to kind of jazz it up a little bit with sound waves and shit like that. So, um, so it'll still be on there, but that's going to be secondary. Uh so you know people who go to the webpage, people who go to the RSS feed, iTunes, whatever, are gonna hear it first because then I because I have to edit it to make it a video so they could hear. So that's that's where we're at with that. Um one other change, uh something I want to talk about. Uh somebody's already discovered it. If you go to the blog site, you're now gonna see this link for support us for this website called Ko-Fi. Okay. Now, Kofi has this philosophy of, you know, buy us a cup of coffee, help support us. Um, now, I t- chose to go with this for support because, well, I wanted to go to the support thing because, number one, um, like I said, it's a, this is a passion project that we do. And, um, you know, comes out of my pocket, you know, for web hosting because, you know, it ain't free to, ho- you know, to host podcasts. You know, you have to pay for that storage online. So whether it's through the WordPress storage or one of these other uh, tools, you know, you have to pay and you're going to you know, pay it. It's not that cheap, believe it or not. You know, it's not astronomical, but it's not as cheap as you'd think. So I have to pay for the storage and domains and stuff like that. And I've always paid for it myself for the last decade. But going forward, it's like, you know what? <sighs> Need a little help. Now, Scott has suggested in the past that we do a Patreon because uh, a lot of people use Patreon for support. Now, Patreon's a good idea. Now, mind you, Patreon takes a cut of the money, uh, whereas Ko-Fi doesn't. But Patreon, the thing about Patreon is, is you're a patron. And, you know, generally what people do is give you access to early stuff, bonus material, all this other stuff for being, a, uh, you know, and a patron. And as you can see, if we haven't recorded in a year, you know, we're not giving you any extra stuff, obviously, <laughs> you know. So the Patreon... Uh, you know, a uh, platform just doesn't work for what we have the ability to do here. Okay. So that's why we haven't done it. And I noticed the co-fi. So basically it's just, you know, buy us a cup of coffee, you know, their standard donation amount just defaults to a $3 for like a cup of coffee, you know, you can, and so if people want to donate and people actually have already, um, you can donate less, you could donate more, whatever you want to do. You know, we're not asking you for money, but if you want to contribute, to help us continue to make this content because in a year from now, I'm going to reevaluate to see if I've actually, you know, gotten any money to help support this. Cause you know what? Also, if you ever notice Scott, like a lot of podcasts, there's a lot of advertising on a lot of podcasts. I mean, it's like the guys will start the show and they'll talk for five minutes about their sponsors and, you know, and you got to like forward through the fucking shit or advertising at the end, you know, we don't do any of that, you know, because again, this is all out of you know the, the passion for it. But after a while, the economic toll starts to take take its uh, take its impact, and it's like, you know, what if you guys you know if you guys miss us and love us as much as you say, if you could, if even if one guy could throw us a cup of coffee, one cup of cup, coffee a year,
0: coffee cup of coffee a year, it all adds up, you know? Oh, absolutely, you know, and, we're, we're not even Starbucks coffee. I'm talking like Duncan. All right, just a cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee a year. You know, you throw that at us, it'll more than offset the cost of uh, having the having the site and paying the fees. Yeah, it'll make a real difference. It helps.
1: So um, so on the on the on the very front of the of the blog site, podcast in the right column where you see all this stuff for you know, subscribe, subscribe to the email, follow us on so forth. The very top one now says help support us. Help us, you know, to if you like our content, and there's a button that says, you know, buy us, you know, buy us a coffee, and you click on it, and you could, uh, and it takes you to the, uh, Kofi site. Um, they have a widget that they're developing that might be able to do it on the site. But if you buy us a cup of coffee, great, we appreciate it, and you know, we'll recognize people if they want to be. And we'll see, we'll see how it works out. And you know, it's just a simple little thing, and you can do it there, uh, if you want. So that's why you'll see that. And I'll probably make a post about it, a little more detail about it. Excuse me. Uh more detail about that. So uh so that's the that's that. So if you see that Ko-Fi, and again, it's just that hey, if you want to help support us, that's great. You know, you don't have to, nobody has to. We're not asking. And
0: and but it will help us stick around longer because, because there is a plan here. Do we say the plan, Mr. Wallace, or we edit this part out? Um
1: What is our plan?
0: Uh, Well, the plan was if if we get enough money through this to pay for the costs of keeping the site up and, you know, that sort of thing, then we'll continue to do this. Otherwise, we'll do like another 12 episodes and then peace out.
1: Or I'm going to have to research for a platform that doesn't cost as much money, you know. Yeah. Like Anchor, which is it's free for now. You know, so it's people it's not a threat. It's not anything like that. We're just saying it's just the harsh reality of life that you know what if you you know if you love the content and you want to help support us that's fantastic. We but we really are definitely it.
0: committing. We are definitely committing to sticking around for for twelve months of this,
1: right? Oh yeah, and we're going to try to do at least. Uh, I want to kind of go back to our original. Uh, at least try to do a couple episodes a month. You yeah know.
0: and but we're going to keep them short we're not going to go on for two hours we're going to go on for hour and 30 minutes we are nice nice digestible hour chunks
1: yeah no more than an hour which we've been doing the last handful of episodes we have really kind of reined it in because sometimes i go through some of those older episodes and it's like again not that we're experts not that we're professionals but some of those make me cringe it's like oh my <laughs> god you know
0: yeah true enough so well, let's that's that's the professional news for the day. That is that is the the nuts bolts and money uh issues that are before us. But uh let's uh let's get back into the uh let's get off the topic here. And uh maybe move ourselves into the uh the news of the apocalypse. Uh what is our what is our most uh, recent apocalyptic things that we may have missed out on in the year of uh, our lord 2020?
1: There's uh, been quite a handful of things that have happen- uh, happened, and, you know, we're going to miss a lot of it, but some of it we're going to try to talk about. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to mention first is a couple of, uh, at least I feel, are significant deaths that have happened in the last year. Uh, I think a, a, couple, a, few, a couple of months ago, we lost uh, the artist uh, Richard Corbin.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a big one.
1: Uh, we've talked about Richard Corbin in the past. We talked about Mutant World. Uh, and he, he he's also the creator of Den. He's done some Lovecraft stuff, you know, very very good artist. Uh, Let us good, not
0: forget his adaptation of A Boy and His Dog.
1: Boy and His Dog, yes, absolutely. Uh, so he's done multiple post apocalyptic things. So he's done A Boy and His Dog, and he's done Mutant World. So he unfortunately, but he he was like he was he was up there. He was like I don't remember I'd have to look at uh,
0: Richard Corbin wasn't that old. I, th- I want to say that Richard Corbin was uh, seventy years old.
1: No, so, no, 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 no. He was more than that. Uh, you gonna you gonna make me live look up things while we're
0: talking? Yeah. Well, you know that's because we're professionals, you know. And uh, looks like oh, you're right. He's in his 80s, right? He, he just hit 80. 1940, okay. born October the first, 1940. <laughs> almost in time. Yeah. So he's one years old for D Day, uh, but sorry, not D Day, but Pearl Harbor. And yeah, 80 years old. 80 years, 80 years old. Which still really isn't.
1: That' super up there, so but at least he hit you know at least he hit 80 so yeah. um so we lost him um and it's and it's a tragedy because he was actually starting to you know he was he was working till yes he, he was he was still working he was still doing his artwork he recently did that project um you know uh like read issuing uh mutant world the, the yeah, new and edition son,
0: and son of mutant world.
1: They that book had both of them. They read they cleaned up the art. I mean, it a, it's a fantastic, we reviewed it before, but it was a, it was a fantastic edition, you know, compared to the original. It's like nice quality book. The they redid the artwork and they redid the artwork for Sun of Mutant World. Great stuff. He worked until the days died. And I remember reading that his daughter is going to try to continue uh, his legacy because uh, she did a lot of uh. Helped with a lot of his elos and stuff oh, like that, you know. Yeah,
0: I did not know. I did not remember that that she was uh, helping him with his color or his inking yep. or something. You know. Yep.
1: Yep. His uh, his daughter was involved in that. So, uh, so we lost Corbin. So he was a you know to me at least to us we feel he's a significant uh, part of the apocalypse. Oh my
0: uh, good. Oh my goodness. Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, and we also lost uh, uh, Jim Holloway. Jim Holloway was a TS. Uh, I mean, he was an artist. He did a lot of stuff for TSR back in its heyday in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's continued to do stuff to this day. Um, well not to this day, but you know, cause we lost him about a year ago. Um, he, um, he was, you know, still doing work. He did a lot of stuff for, um, uh, Goodman games. A lot of the retro stuff cause of his art style. Uh, yes. He, he did Mutant crawl classics, dungeon crawl classics. He did a lot of projects for a lot of different people. um, but he's he did a lot of stuff in the early days of t s r especially you know the fantasy stuff, but he did some gamma world stuff, so that's significant because he did like one of my favorite module covers of all time from t s r especially in the in the gamma world. he mm-hmm. did the cover of g w two famine and fargo the the scene with the with the chicken that just shot the robot and the guys are all hiding around the corner
0: yeah now I also want to throw out that uh Holloway did i believe he did the oh boy
1: paranoia nope. he did a lot of paranoia well, i was gonna
0: say paranoia i was actually gonna mention something uh he did the cover for the space gamer number 68 when the space gamer printed something called uh Antelope island which was a non-denominational post-apocalyptic scenario set in the great salt lake do you does that ring any bells with you uh no but i'm looking it up now um, I was a 68. You know, I believe it's uh, I believe it was issue 68. Um, it uh, and and uh, I think Holloway did the cover of that, which is sort of, you know, uh, post apocalyptic pirates on a post apocalyptic uh, uh, Disney World Nautilus submarine, uh, you know, attacking ships in the Great Salts Lake. Uh, you know, and uh, singing the Mormon fleet or whatever, and it was sort of a non denominational, like I said, uh, uh, post apocalyptic scenario. It wasn't really um, Gamma World or or Moro Project or anything like that, but it could
1: just uh, be uh, well, no, 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 no. I'm reading it right here. It actually, it was designed d- in addition to the regular game reviews and news, the letters. This issue features a complete adventure, Island of. Antelope, a post-apocalyptic tale where the heroes try to track down the source of a mysterious signal designed for Aftermath.
0: Aftermath. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Because it's very after... It's it's got some mutants in it. It's got some... uh, uh, It's way after the bomb. It's way after the bomb. But it is not... uh, It's not truly gamble. But it was... I think Holloway did the cover, and I want to say Liz Danforth did the interiors, but Danforth, but but Holloway's cover stuck out to me uh
1: I don't you know Steve Jackson still has it. It's like I'd have to dig to try to find a you know don't, do mm, conqueror con- but um
0: confirmation <laughs>
1: yeah. um, but
0: you're but you're right, he did all that paranoia stuff, and God knows paranoia is very it has its it has its ap- apocalyptic aspects to it um hey so, you know who else we lost last year? Hugh uh Hugh Key's We lost a Morton Joe.
1: That's right. Yes, that's that's true. We did, we did. We lost him too.
0: Uh you know, uh we we uh, he he uh, we lost him December uh, 1st 2000, 2020 uh age 73. Um yep. Uh the guy who brought us <laughs> the guy who brought us uh the toe cutter? And Morton Joe.
1: The toe cutter. Remember, remember the night rider when you look to the skies. Or I can't remember the yeah. line exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, so we had some uh, post-apocalyptic deaths last year, and uh, uh, there's there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's uh, gaming stuff, movie stuff, um, some post-apocalyptic gaming stuff uh, we've talked about, and we actually had uh, Tom Wilson on the show, the creator of uh, Gamazine who yes. did a kickstarter. We we had him on before. So in the last year he's actually put out two more issues. You know, one a year ago and one just recently. He did Gamma Gamazine number 2 and 3. You know, as you know, Gamazine is a game world fanzine with um uh, stories, interviews, um artifacts, uh several adventures. Um you know, Tom definitely Tom works in the uh you know, the OSR space, you know, the retro uh cl- you know, gaming space. Um you know, because he do, he does a lot of stuff for uh, BX, you know, uh, basic expert uh, Dungeons and Dragons stuff too. So, um, so we did the gamazine, and in gamazine number three, yours truly has uh, some uh, content in uh, gamazine number three. I submitted a few uh, artifacts for the artifacts section. So, some uh, some cool. some new weapons. So, uh, the apocalypse nerd is uh, in there. He's uh, famous now.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, I I would love. Oh God, I would love to submit some stuff to the Gamma Zane. I just haven't had the. I just haven't had the. The time. Fortunately, I was having some. I wanted to say that I was having some. Uh, uh, a brain fart uh, writing up some Gamble material, but all I had to do was consult with uh, the Apocalypse nerd a couple weeks ago, and I managed to break through that uh, that writer's block I was adding Thank you very much for that, by the way. Let's, everything uh... in Gamma World goes better with Androids. I'm just gonna say that right off the top is everything goes better with Androids. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Oh yeah, no no problem. That's uh, you know like uh, some some of our former friends have said, uh, and I say former, and you know why um, <laughs> that you know um uh, you know that you know you know like my knowledge of Gamma World is scary. You know just you know because. <laughs> The way I'll pull, you know, I mean, I don't know everything, but I'll just be like, isn't that, wasn't that an issue, such and such, and blah, 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 or
0: wasn't that on page five of, you know? Yeah, well, my problem is when you know the names of the uh, post-apocalyptic monsters in Gamma World by their terrible, silly names, you know, if you can tell the difference between a, uh, between a an ca- arc cal- and, a, and a batter and a, you know, I, I, that's I, that's when I start to get worried. And a Calvin um,
1: and a... Oh, uh,
0: just Fleshens, oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> Fens, yeah. I don't know why they they came up with those terrible names, but they they are genuinely terrible. Um, so other post apocalyptic news. Um, yeah, well,
1: gaming news. I have a well. Besides that, there's a couple of other uh, gaming things. I'll give you. I'll give a quick one, and then I am going to let Scott talk about the other one because uh, yeah. that's that's his wheelhouse. Um, Modiphius was supposed to be putting out a Fallout RPG. Um, because they're Modifius is the one who does the Fallout. Um, uh, is it, they don't call it Fallout Tactics. I can't remember what they call it, but it's the, it's the Wasteland
0: miniatures. Warfare.
1: Thank you, Wasteland Warfare. Um, miniatures game. Um, they did put out a RPG aspect like book for that, which is not what they said they were going to do. They said they were going to do an actual tabletop RPG, not a miniatures game. I haven't seen any new information about that. So I'm hoping it's still, um, still going to happen. So, um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I'm hoping that it'll still come out because I mean, Modiphius, you know, they don't necessarily do all the stuff, but they represent, a, uh, one big company that they represent a lot is, um, oh God, uh, Freeman, uh, I can draw in blank. Um, it's the same people who were putting out the one, what you're going to talk about. They did the Alien RPG. Oh, you're, oh,
0: you're talking about Freea league Freya league Is it
1: Free League? Free, the Free League? Yeah, or the Freeman Free League. league.
0: Yeah, free, the Free League. That's the Swiss Free League. Yes, yes. The guys who did uh, tail, their Tales from the Loop and, you know...
1: Uh, Mutineer Year Zero. You know, they did the Alien RPG. Um, and now they are putting
0: out a new edition of Twilight 2000. And the best part is the new Twilight 2000 takes place in the year 2000. Uh, Yes. 20 years ago, they've decided to do the apocalypse as a period piece. And I got to say, I'm very happy with that. There is no reason why the cold war needs to be extended uh, to the modern times. I just, uh, I'm just, it doesn't quite work. At least not the old Soviet Union, you know, Russia, Cold War. Um, there's a there's something very time and place about Twilight 2000, and that whole you know Warsaw packed up the full to gap kind of vision of World War Three as seen through things like Team Yankee, uh, Red Dawn, um, uh, Red Storm Rising, and you know those sort of thrillers and movies uh of that time period so free league is doing a twilight 2000 reboot they're doing it as a period piece which is kind of awesome because because now that it's set in the year 2000 we have we can look backwards in history uh and pick out stuff you know that we can apply to the to the game world and the game universe we know all the songs (laughs) that will be available before the apocalypse you know nobody has to wonder what the playlist was going to be you know in the 19 uh, 80s when they're writing this, they wrote up a lot of this. they wrote up a thing in in uh, 2000 about uh, the megapunk movement, which I thought was hilarious because the the, the megapunk movement. I yes, don't rem- I don't remember that. <laughs> There's a whole thing about Boston being overrun by gangs, the the megapunk gangs who have taken over the city and overthrown uh, you know uh, civil order and uh, the uh, uh, the me- I mean. The '90s did not give us Megapunk. The '90s gave us grunge. Let's be honest, okay? That's what the '90s gave us. Well, uh, um, and it gave us a lot of post-punk garbage, you know. But, um... <laughs> but uh, regardless, the new books—be uh, uh, it's it's an alpha development stage. I've seen the the first version of the books they've put out um, that is still being reworked and uh, edited and stuff. The art's very, very good. It's very evocative. It has it very much has the feel of the original game in a lot of ways. They've changed their history background to basically be based on the idea that the coup against Gorbachev in 1991 works. So, and they've also changed their setting for World War III a little bit. Uh, They're uh, because it's a Swedish company. There's going to be a lot more emphasis on in the first books that came out. Uh, or that are going to come out. There's a lot more emphasis on the Baltic. War in the Baltic. War around the Scandinavian peninsula with Sweden being a place that uh, the Soviet Union is invading uh, in order to, you know, gain control of islands and coastlines and turn the Baltic into a Russian sea so that They can, so that their invasion of Poland will be protected and they don't have to worry about American warships or NATO coming to Poland's uh, assistance in the Baltic. So it's been shifted, it's very much been shifted north in the first book. And
1: uh, just so people know that it's, you know, it's an, it's, and it's, of course, it's a new system. They're not using the old system, they are using uh, basically free leagues. A variant of Free League's uh, system because Free League ha- uses a a two twenty system, uh, like two twenty sided dice system for most yes. of their games. Like uh, you know, for the Alien game, for Tales from the Loop, all their stuff uses that D twenty. I've seen a lot of people grumbling about that they don't like it, and I've seen a lot of people grumbling that you know, oh, it's not going to be gritty enough like the original. But from what I've se- what I've heard is it's kind of a compromise. It's I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that it's kind of somewhere in between. Yeah, it's not as hyper, you know, you know, wind projectory realistic as the first, but it's not oversimplified like the, the system. It's like a modified system. It, it's kind of first, somewhere in
0: the middle. The very first game was very, the very first, version one, Twilight 2000, was basically World War III squad leader. OK, it was designed to be very much like World War Three squad leader. Yeah. And the second edition came out and was much more role playing uh, uh, influenced. And, and uh, you know, although I found the mechanics a little clunky myself in the uh, second edition, um, this is, you know, but, you know, I was one of those people who went, screw it. I'll play Twilight 2000's setting using basic role playing from Chaosium if I have to, you know, as long as I've got as long as I've got a, as as I've got a, a, a system where you don't want to get shot, where combat is lethal, uh, and you don't want to get injured. Um, Because, you know, one firefight, you might win it. Your side might win it. But what if half your guys are now wounded and cannot be in the next firefight? Um, That was how Twilight 2000 was always sold as a game. And the new system is on its way out. And I want to also point out that they're doing this in conjunction with uh, the nice people from, uh, you know, sort of the Game Designers Workshop and Far Future Enterprises. It's it's all uh, Mark Miller of Traveler fame. He still holds the rights to this stuff, so he's working with Free League. And what I did not realize until very recently uh, was that. Um, well, and before you hit that, and, and that oh, also sure. that also says a lot for
1: the game too. You know, it's not like the other version that they did the Twilight 2013, which we've talked about was just a kind of a hot mess. Uh, but I don't think Mark Miller was that involved in it. They just kind of no. gave him a license and they did their own thing. So him being involved in it, trying to keep it kind of true to form for the game, I think says a lot, uh, uh, about how the quality of the game that's going to come out.
0: Yeah. So certainly Miller's, uh, you know, sort of, uh, role in it as a, is, as uh, a brand management. Okay. So he is sort of an overseeing sort of executive producer thing, but, uh, there are, um, uh, there are a number of people I know who are involved with it. Uh, Chris lights is uh, our latest is a, a guy who, uh, I've been in contact with for, you know, years through the internet. Uh, Angus Abramson is another guy who I'm, uh, you know, actually uh, familiar with because we've gotten to know each other through social media. Uh, and Frank Fry, Frank Fry is back. Uh, the folks at Free League went and, uh, contacted Frank Fry who had, written for the original twilight 2000 and said hey how'd you like to redo your scenario the black madonna but update it update it for the 2020s only we're backdating it for the 2000s so frank you know enthusiastically agreed and is redoing the black madonna as a scenario uh for uh twilight 2000 Um, and hopefully that's, that's good hopefully more people get on board and the other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, GDW, Far Future Enterprises, has actually licensed new Twilight 2000 material. Now, back in the day, I had seen some of these, these uh, some PDFs being produced online for things like the Polish Army Sourcebook, the Mexican Army Sourcebook. Uh, these are really good. Uh, there was a book on additions to the U.S. Order of Battle, and they were done up to look like old Twilight 2000 books, but they weren't actually, they were just fan books. But Uh, Their fanzine, uh, Good Look, You're On Your Own, which is on its third issue, is now properly licensed through GDW and FFE. And they've gone on to produce some new, old Twilight 2000 material. That is, there's a sourcebook for the Korean Peninsula now. There is a sourcebook called the East Africa-Kenya Sourcebook, which is all about what's the apocalypse look like, you know, south of the equator in Africa. Uh, with, and it has connections to the Middle East and to the uh, RDF source book. There's a scenario that's been put out called Rook's Gambit, which is uh, set up on the Baltic coast. So that should fit into the new game very nicely. And finally, for my own backyard, there is a Pacific Northwest source book detailing what does, uh, what does Milgov's, the military government of the United States' martial law government uh, of the Northwest look like. And I'm here to tell you that, uh, uh, Seattle, Seattle has had has had taken some lumps in Twilight 2000. Although Tacoma is apparently now the seat of civilization, if there is a city in the Northwest to rival the free city of Krakow, it is sunny Tacoma, Washington. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, and the Northwest uh, Pacific Northwest source book is quite good. My only gripe about it is uh, I wanted it to go even further north because. The one place in Twilight 2000 I'm always dying to find out more about is Alaska, because it was one of the few places in the continental United States that you actually had Russian invaders with boots on the ground, you know. And for those of us who watched Red Dawn 75 times in the 80s, I I, I want some Russian invaders. I just want some Soviet invaders, you know. I just, I, I, I gotta. I gotta have some Soviet invaders. I miss them. Well, it, you know? could, be, it could be like in... Uh...
1: Like in, um, in the Deathlands, book no, uh, actually, I think book number two, Red Holocaust, talks about Russians on the ground. Because they, oh, yeah. they go to Alaska, and there are still Russians living there 100 years later.
0: Yeah. And believe me. Oh, believe me. Uh, the, the second book, and I want to say it's the seventh, Red, Red Holocaust and Red Equinox. When they get the, the Red Menace back in the, back in the mix, oh, those are two of my favorite, favorite Deathlands novels. So, um, that's it for... Is there anything else going on in the game world? This, uh, uh, there, there may be. I mean, there, Well, there's we a lot have, of... S- neither of us have paid much attention to Fallout 76. I have it. I played it uh, a little bit,
1: but I stopped. Because I have too many games to play, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just wound up playing a lot is... Um, my friend talked me into getting uh, Overwatch, which mm-hmm. is basically just a multiplayer battle of these
0: well we, we need to people. go we need to go and and and, and check out Met, the new metro game i there I have, is i have there is i have, I have them all
1: sitting right there you,
0: you don't you have metro exodus and you haven't played it yet no oh man see this is what the apocalypse does to a fella all right yeah. well, well we'll get we'll get back to that um do we okay. have any uh do we have any movies television we need to, need to update people on
1: um, yeah, I mean, I was trying to think gaming-wise. That's really it, um, gaming-wise. I mean, I'm sure there's some stuff I'm missing, but most of the stuff I've been following is all a lot of OSR uh, retro stuff. So, uh, yeah. because I'm, I'm trying to get my friend, uh, well, me and my friend are trying to, uh, well, I need to get him up to speed again on using a table, uh, virtual tabletop uh, system, so we could, he used to be my DM back in high school and college, so we're trying to, uh, get that going again. So I've been really getting into looking at a lot of old, uh, retro style D and D stuff. Cause that's what I played to me. That's D and D, you know, it's like, sure. Fifth edition's out. It's very different than the game I played. If people want to play it, whatever. I don't care, you know, but it's not for me. It's like, I want to play what I played, you know, that's to me, to me, that's D and D. Um, but gaming wise, I think that's it. You know, uh, that's the only thing that's really, um, uh, gaming wise but movie wise there, there's like there's some movies and tv like um i saw there is well it's out oh i'm gonna have to rent it unfortunately if i want to watch it um uh, what is it called uh train to basan the, pen, the or peninsula pen, the pen, uh, peninsula Uh I, I looked at i looked at it um it's available for rent it's not free yet so i haven't watched that yet but you know first one was fantastic so I I have hopes for for that. Um I also read that they're going to be doing a American remake of Train to Busan and I just don't see it working.
0: Considering that we don't have a rail system in this country, a high-speed rail system. I'm not sure what the heck that's going to be all about, but okay. The the, yeah. only, the only the only places they could
1: set that is either somewhere in California or in the north, in the northeast, you know, around the whole uh, DC New York area,
0: you're right. Something from from Boston to to to, to DC might make a, a decent corridor.
1: Yeah, because you need a corridor for this movie to work. Yeah, so, um, uh, but that's I, a, and then that made me. Th- you know what? That also made me think about is I watched the first season of it because it's on HBO Max. Because yeah. um, we get that free with our internet so yay so i could watch some stuff on hbo max um is snowpiercer the tv series
0: you know that's really good i completely was it just completely skipped my mind but god damn that tv series is better than the movie yeah i didn't i forgot
1: about it until we just started talking about trains i'm like oh wait uh snowpiercer uh now of course the second season is out on regular cable but i don't have regular cable so i have to wait until it comes on to one of the things um um or unless i could get a free trial for something somewhere and I'll, i could binge it somewhere but uh, yeah i i enjoyed the first season i thought it was pretty good you know wasn't too bad you know, different i don't know if it's the uh, the approach to the story is more true to the original uh, uh japanese uh, graphic novels or not or i don't know if that that's if it's true to that or if the movie was truer to it but you know it's different the, the kind of the the basic plot's the same, you know. Keep the train going, keep people alive, but a lot of the guts of it are very different. Uh, you, know, um, you know, you know, you know, some of the workings of the train and stuff like that—very different, you know. Yeah,
0: but it's still, you know, it's a giant metaphor. It's a, it's a giant metaphor for class and wealth oh, and yeah. disparity. It still does that, uh, but it's a good apocalypse. And boy, they took all the guns out of it. Yeah, and I was really okay with the fact that they took all the guns out of it because of the idea. You can't sh- you can't have a gunfight on the train because you'll damage the environment that you're living in, and then the, if the train dies, you die.
1: Yep. Whereas in in the movie, you saw that as they shot through walls and stuff, and yeah. they really they really showed you in the TV show that if something happens to the uh, the environment, what's keeping out the environment, whether it's a window or something, they they really uh, show that. It was good, you know, if you. I think it's
0: on... Who put, who put that out? Was it on TNT or... Um... I want to say it was on TNT, but uh, I'm not going to remember unless I uh, scramble over. I'm going to have to scramble over to IMDb and look up Snowpiercer, the TV series. I was uh, going to call out uh, a couple of things too. You got anything else uh, besides uh, uh, Snowpiercer that uh, rings any bells? Uh,
1: there's another... Uh, there's a, a Zack Snyder a zombie movie coming out in May... Um, oh, this is this is news to me too. Do tell. Uh, Army of the Dead. Um, it's okay. Basically, you know, it's got a you know, I think the you know, The Rock is in it, and a bunch of people. It's uh, I don't know a lot of the details, but apparently Las Vegas is overrun by zombies, and like you do, a bunch of people are going in to do a uh, basically a bank robbery because they want to. You know, they it's a heist. It's a heist movie in uh, the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Okay, you, know, you
0: want to hear the bad news? That's the plot of Peninsula.
1: Mm. So That is
0: the exact plot of Peninsula.
1: So we copied it.
0: There is a there is a Train to Busan sequel that is out there that is essentially, I, I, I'm, I'm almost positive it's the same one. Now I've got to look something else up. But yeah, when I was looking at this Train to Busan uh, sequel, uh, I watched a preview for it just recently, and I'm like, huh, it's a heist. But the reason it worked was... The movie is the the idea is that the Korean Peninsula, uh, is overrun with zombies, right? But in trapped in that bank, uh, you know that they're going to go after, trapped in that bank is foreign currency. Like mm-hmm. I, I get the impression that they're after American money that's in the, that was held in a Korean bank, you know, as international currency. And if they go and get it, they go break it out. Yeah, Train to Busan presents Peninsula. It is a heist film. It is about going in because they're living in the refugee camps. The whole idea is that these – everyone in Korea has been forced off the peninsula and has to live as refugees. This is their one chance to score big and get their families and whatever out of these refugee camps and get them someplace safe, you know, where they don't have to live as second-class citizens. Okay, so
1: it's it's just a peninsula. like kind of like in the – the twenty-eight day series where it says England gets kind of overrun, but the yeah, rest of the yeah. world is still kind of intact.
0: Yes, correct. Many, many your, your mini apocalypses we sometimes refer to it as.
1: Uh, so, speaking
0: of of mini apocalypses, uh, I am immediately reminded of Rain, the Danish uh, apocalypse movie or yeah. apocalypse TV series that did not did not fall in love with. Wanted to wanted to fall in love with because it was you know. A foreign apocalypse, and we watched the heck out of it. But by the uh, time that the, the, the second season was rolling around, it was losing my interest.
1: The reveal, saying,
0: yeah, the big reveal where only Denmark is quarantined, you know, and the rest of the world is still ticking along just fine despite this horrible disease that wiped out everybody in Denmark. Um, yeah, that was that just didn't quite work as well for me. Now, um, so I, I have to admit, the Second season was just not as engaging. However, we do have more foreign apocalypses, not just good
1: before you get into that though. um, It also reminded me of, we kind of, we kind of wrapped up with um, dark.
0: Yes. Dark started off looking very apocalyptic there at the end of the second season, didn't it? Mm -hmm. And And, they follow through pretty good.
1: And, and they, they keep that theme going. Uh, It, 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 I have to admit, you know, it is it is apocalyptic for sure. Um, I, I think it is. It's a form of apocalypse. Um,
0: oh yeah, the 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 what has gone wrong is not isolated to Germany. They fuck up the planet when they when they screw around with the stuff, the they dark do. matter, or whatever it is. Yeah, it's not good.
1: But uh, and I have to admit, with dark, they kind of got me a little bit with with the reveal at the end. I'm like. Oh, why didn't I see that? You know,
0: basically, time travel blows. Once again, we have learned. Yeah, don't don't scroll
1: over people because it's. But it's one of those
0: things where they
1: kind of gave it to us. Looking back, it's like, oh, they kind of gave it, gave us hints at it, but they were so subtle that unless you really thought of, I was focused on everything else. They kind of got me, and I was like, ah, that's that was satisfactory. So yeah. So, so that I think that wrapped up in the last year. I don't remember when the heck that came out, but um, but there's another foreign show that you told me about.
0: Yes, there's a new one on Netflix right now, uh, with which stars one of the stars from uh, Dark. The guy, um, Oliver Masucci is the guy's name, if you can imagine that as the name of a German actor. Um, he played the policeman, um, Ulrich in Dark, in Dark, but he is back in a TV series. Uh, made in Germany, called Tribes of Europa, and it uh, so far it's not terrible. Uh, I'm I'm about four episodes into it. Uh, they are they've set it about forty years after a EMP apocalypse, where one day somebody somewhere flips a switch and everything electronic dies. Not permanently. It's not like electricity doesn't work. It's just that. Everything that was electrical and running is fried. Communication systems die. Uh, data systems are shredded. Um, everybody's just reduced to, you know, nobody knows what happens. And 40 years later, people still don't know who did this to the world. And it's following uh, a group of the main characters are youngsters who lived in a uh, a community living in, I think, the Black Forest of Germany, staying out of touch with the uh, isolated and away from the politics that are developing in, in Europe, as uh, various so-called tribes uh, are striving to uh, regain control of Europe. And um, you know, is there, me- is, there
1: is there mega punks? Is there mega what? Mega punks?
0: <laughs> no, there are no mega pumps, and there and there, there's no mega city one either. Sadly, damn it. Um, but uh, whatever is going on in the series, uh, there is a um, uh, there are uh uh the, the some of the post apocalyptic look is pretty good i don't know where the germans are going to find their sets but the germans have found all these amazing concrete bunker sets that are just made of this brutalist style i mean maybe they're going to east germany and using all that old communist architecture or something but the uh the sets are that, that they're finding are pretty good um it is uh it's uh so far, pretty interesting. Um, the, uh, basic, uh, the basic the uh, basic plot is is that a one day a piece of technology falls out of the sky that is more advanced than technology was before the crash, before what they call Black December when everything died, which means that somebody in forty years has just kept getting more technological. But they're just a myth. Everyone talks about they're like a rumor in this group that people call the Atlanteans, but. They're not really from Atlantis. It's not not connection. But because they're this mythical group people talk about, you know, they have a mythical name. Well, one day one of their aircraft falls out of the sky and everyone starts scrambling to get their hands on the technology to use it to smite their enemies on the European continent. And meanwhile, something is coming out of the east. Something is driving waves of refugees out of the far east. Um, and it's heading Europe's way. So... Uh, much like i don 't know some sort of combination of the Black Death and the 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 Golden Horde of Genghis Khan is coming out of the East, but they haven 't developed that plot completely so far it 's all right, but it does have a bit of a young adult feel to it in some ways because of the characters they 're concentrating on however, well a lot
1: of there 's a lot of stuff out there that is very young adult like apocalyptic
0: this is german young adult so at some point you know a couple of people get executed by being hung by piano wire until their heads pop off their bodies and they don't they just go ahead and show the bodies crash to the ground and a couple of heads bounce off into the gutter when that shit happens and when they show the the one tribe known as the crows who are sort of the new visigoths or vandals of the european continent uh, yeah, they go ahead and be German and show as much nudity as they want to in those sequences. Uh, there's, even a, there's, even a, a, there's even a sequence and I, I said young adult, but at the same time, there's a sequence where, you know, a male character gets raped. And uh, they didn't mess around with that too. they showed, well, you know, as much as you'd expect in a rape scene uh, in 21st century movies. Um, they don't get super graphic about it, but I'm like, uh, holy shit, that's a rape. I, you know, this, this film, the series changed character suddenly. Do you know what I mean? I just like, I yeah. didn't think I was going to see that. So Europeans having slightly different standards than Americans. Um, it, it was a little shocking to have a story that was centered on teenagers suddenly have something like that happening.
1: Well, that's, uh, you know, that's the difference between uh European and American TV.
0: So, uh, it's six episodes, the first season, uh, who knows if they'll make more, but you know, it's, it's got some, uh, post-apocalypse for you and it's a couple of, it's like, you know, two generations after the fall. So only the oldest people remember television, yeah. only the oldest people remember that there was any such thing as radio or whatever. Um, so it's not a bad setting. Um, the last thing I want to mention is, uh, something I ran across on, uh, I want to say I saw it on, like, Amazon Plus or something. There is a 2018, didn't know this existed, there is a 2018 Gina Carano film that she did before she did uh, The Mandalorian uh, called Scorched Earth, which is another B-movie post-apocalypse. It really looks like Bounty Hunters, Outlaws, set in the post-apocalypse, filmed in the Canadian Northwest because it's all mountains and pine trees and shit. Um, but apparently you know, she did this before she got herself fired from the Mandalorian. Uh, but uh, it's out there. So it's another post-apocalyptic movie. I have not checked it out yet, but it's still there on Amazon plus. If you're looking to, you know, get one more post-apocalyptic film in that maybe you'd never heard of, you know, because I didn't hear about it until it, uh, it bopped by on a, on a, uh, a preview or something like uh, or a trailer on youtube or something i saw so check it out oh yeah there's
1: uh all kinds of stuff they I mean there's so much stuff there we, we definitely don't we're we not probably, we're scratching the surface we we're barely scratching. scratch the surface on stuff and we talk about a lot of stuff but um all right cool so that's um we're gonna we're gonna start uh, winding down here uh we covered a lot of stuff, you know, and I'm sure, you know, as we think about it, we'll remember more stuff and so then we'll, uh, you know, we'll basically do another off topic. You know, it's not really off topic, like we said before. It's not really off topic because we're still talking about the apocalypse, but it's off topic because we're not talking about a singular item. You yeah, know, a like, singular
0: media, uh, singular media property or a singular instance of a pop, a pop post apocalyptic culture and entertainment. So, yeah. you know,
1: all, right, all right. So, uh, so this will be, uh, we're going to get this one in the can. So, um, so yeah, folks, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, you know, we're glad to be, you know, soaking in the, uh, the glowing rays again. And uh, like I said, folks, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to make another more former post about the, um, you know, you know, supporting us with a cup of coffee. Uh, I'll try to post something about that and again you know no, no obligations for anybody. It's just something we're putting out there and um uh our next show we're gonna talk about we're gonna uh kind of go uh kind of go back to like a gamma worldish ish r- route again
0: yes, yes, absolutely we are
1: because we're gonna we're gonna talk about books that we've read that have a gamma world uh flair or influence uh for us for inspiration. You know, things that we feel are very Gamma World-ish. So that's going to that's gonna be the next show that we're going to record. And we're going to talk about, you know, just a bunch of different books that we feel inspire Gamma World.
0: Some of them were mentioned originally in Gamma World uh, as inspirations for Ward. But we're also going to try to include things that go beyond Ward's original list of, of, of books.
1: Yep. So that, that'll that be the next show, folks. So, uh, look for you know, if you're listening to this one, look forward to hearing that one come out soon. So... Uh, that being said, um, again, uh, everybody, thank you for, uh, joining us again. We're, uh, glad to be back and, uh, we are going to see you in the wastelands real soon. So thank you and good night. Good night.
0: This episode of podcast at ground zero has been brought to you by hobo soup, hobo soup. When you have to make do with what you got now available in apocalypse size. Keep up to date with us by visiting podcast at groundzero.com and subscribe to the blog via email.